It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Hey everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of The Undercurrent. Yes, it's true, and yes, I know, we've been off for a little bit. Maybe we just needed a little bit of breathing room after the shark season, um, but we do have a few more episodes for you before we press reset in the fall. I hope you're all enjoying nice weather wherever you are, and I hope you're enjoying some really interesting storylines in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I know I have been. So to round out the season on the show here, we're going to focus on some compelling people within the Sharks organization, including a few prospects over the coming weeks. But today, as we head towards the NHL draft in just under a month, a key cog in the Sharks, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Rebuild? No, retool, formation. As the supervisor of European scouting, Shin Larson plays an important role in making sure the Sharks have a solid prospect pool. His job is super interesting to be sure, but so is his own journey, as you'll hear, as a young kid who wanted to play in the NHL to a star for Team Japan at the 1998 Olympics in Nagano. I caught up with Shin at his home in Sweden. Shin, it is nice to see you. It's what time in Sweden for you? Uh, it's 7 p.m. right now. Okay, well, I thank you for taking the time. Um, during what I expect is a pretty busy period for you, am, am I correct in thinking that? The Stanley Cup final is set, the draft combine is next week, um, and then the NHL draft basically just a, a month from now. So is, are you busy right now? Yes, it is uh, it is pretty busy. Actually, the last... Uh, live game uh, watched uh, is is done with now with the world championships uh, being over and uh, the under 18 world championships also over with so now it's mostly preparing for the draft with uh, making all the lists and looking through the players again and getting ready for for the draft I'm sure there's no such thing as a typical day because you're doing all kinds of things. And like you just mentioned, attending all kinds of games, all kinds of tournaments. Um, but if you could kind of encapsulate for people who don't know what maybe the life of a scout looks like, um, how would you describe it? Yeah. So in the, during the season, it usually starts in uh, in August with a big tournament called the Ivan Linka Gretzky tournament. It's an under 18 tournament that's uh, every other year in Slovakia, Czech, or in uh, Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, so last year it started up in Canada, and uh, that's kind of the kickoff for the for the full season. Uh, and then one, once you get into the middle of the season, a typical day would be. Uh, you know, the night before I probably went to a game somewhere. So in the morning I wake up, we look at the highlights from, uh, from different leagues, uh, different players. And then uh, I usually do my reports uh, in the morning from the night before. Uh, and that usually takes uh, 
takes a while. It takes uh, maybe an hour or two, depending on how many players he did reports on. Uh, and then uh, after lunch in the afternoon, you're pretty much getting ready for the for the next game. Uh, probably driving somewhere, uh, whether it's uh, here in Lexand. Uh, I'm lucky to have a couple of teams here that I can watch uh, in my hometown, but uh, usually it's driving any, anything between uh, one hour to four hours sometimes. And Wow. Uh, yeah, it's quite busy. And so you're the supervisor now of European scouting for quite some time. So does that mean you have other scouts under your purview, as it were? Yeah, I'm uh, lucky to have uh, five colleagues here in, in Europe now. We're spread out in Sweden, Finland, uh, Czech, um, Slovakia, and uh, we also have Nikolai Ladygin, who's uh, Ukrainian, and uh, he uh, helps us helps helps us with the Russian uh, players and uh, and that part of the hockey world. I read, I think it was an interview with uh, Sheng Peng when you were talking about the way that scouting has changed. You used to be able to maybe before the internet was so omnipresent, you you could have a pocket of like you know, your secret spot or your secret player. Um, and now there are just, there are no secrets. So, I mean, are, are there different tricks of the trade at this point? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think it comes down to, uh, your organizational philosophies a lot. Uh, there's so many scouts these days. Uh, when I first started, um, I don't think there was quite as many, uh, not over here in Europe anyways. Uh, but now I think every team has uh, at least uh, three, four scouts over here in Europe. So there's not a lot of secrets anymore. You know, like you, you often you go to a lot of the same games uh, uh, with scouts from from other clubs, and uh, it just comes down to uh, what your opinions are about the, the players and uh, if they fit into your your organization or not. I think. So. The NHL draft combine, it's a, there are, there are a lot of, you know, cards held close to the chest in terms of teams and what they ask these prospects and some of the, you know, but you hear rumors about, you know, drill sergeants being in the room sometimes and psychologists, obviously. Um, how much do you learn about a player when, when you sit him down during those interviews? I think for for me personally, it's always been uh, just meeting them face to face usually, and uh, I think you can tell a lot uh, uh, by that uh, kind of you know person they are, and uh, uh, I think that's the biggest thing. And then uh, uh, obviously there's some some questions always. Uh, combines is a little hectic; it's only 10-15 minutes uh, with each uh, player, so you don't have a lot of time really. Uh, a lot of these players we met uh, throughout the year. So we did most of the groundwork then, and then it's just uh, another opportunity to to meet them, basically. How much is decided by the time you get to the draft? I mean, you have your list. Does anything change last minute if somebody makes a, a surprise move? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not a <laughs> lot. Uh, it's mostly set. We, we have uh, a lot of meetings uh, leading up to the draft, and... Uh, uh, there, there are the odd uh, timeouts uh, during the draft, uh, uh, but uh, it's not that often that it happens, I think. So your journey specifically is is really interesting. It's not necessarily a linear 
trajectory from, from the beginning to where you are now. So I want to talk about your, your life story, starting with your parents, because, you know, I mean, your parents' story in itself is, is really compelling. How did they meet? Uh, yes. So my mother is Japanese. Uh, my father is Swedish. Uh, and, uh, I think it was my mother that was really intrigued by Sweden and, uh, was always reading about Sweden and interested in uh, Sweden. So she came here, uh, uh, close to 50 years ago and, uh, uh, somehow ended up meeting my dad and, uh, she has lived and stayed in Sweden ever since. So she's probably more Swedish than uh, Japanese, uh, <laughs> you know, I would say. What role did hockey play in your life as, as a young person? When did you discover it? Uh, I started when I was uh, seven years old uh, here in Leksand. It's a, it's a small town, but uh, it's a real hockey town. Not a lot of other things to do. So uh, most of my friends uh, at least tried playing uh, hockey, and uh, so did I. And uh, I fell in love with the sport. So ever since seven years old, I, I, I've been involved in, in hockey in some way. And who were your role models? Who did you who did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah, I guess first uh, the first uh, ten years or so living here in Lexand, it was the local uh, hockey players. They play in the highest uh, league here in Sweden, so it was a lot of uh, uh, they had a lot of good players uh, on on that team. And uh, also in the summertime, uh, uh, you get a glimpse of those uh, players that played in the NHL, like uh, Alf Samuelsson. Pelly Ickland, uh, Shell Samuelson, uh, those guys came home in the summer and uh, uh, definitely guys I, I looked up to and uh, that uh, uh, kind of uh, grew the NHL interest in me too. Yeah. So where, what did you have your sights on? Would, would, the, would it have been the SHL or was it the NHL for you? Yeah, I think in the beginning, it was definitely the local team, the SHL team to make it uh, up there. Uh and the and the national team here in Sweden, you know, is always, was always a dream. I think uh, growing up, uh, but then as I got older and uh, watched more of the NHL, uh, I had some favorite Swedish players like the players I mentioned before, and Mats Naslund, an old player that played for Montreal. Oh, you he was uh, my, he was my favorite, favorite player growing up. The, really, the yeah. Viking. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. My, my family's <laughs> from Montreal, so yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great player. Uh, so. Uh, that's how I guess uh, the NHL interest uh, started. And uh, of course, I dreamt about that. And I actually went over to, to Montreal to play one season with the Verdun. Uh, it was called the Le, Le College Francais at the time uh, for one season and uh, trying to chase that uh, dream. But uh, uh, it didn't work out for me to, to make it to the NHL. Uh, but I still got a lot of, uh, got a lot of uh, hockey, I think, in, in different parts of the world. So all of a sudden in 1994, you're, you're playing hockey and you get a call recruiting you um, to play in Japan because they wanted to, to grow the game uh, at home before hosting the Nagano Olympics. Um, was that unexpected? Did you have any sense that, that they were kind of looking for players? A little bit. I, I, I had been there uh... A couple of years before that to play with their junior national team uh actually in the uh, i think the early stages of uh, this tournament i was talking about the link uh 
tournament they used to have a tournament called the pacific cup mm-hmm. it was canada us russia and uh, they had under 18 teams and then japan had an under 20 team so uh, that was my first uh, uh time going over there to to um to, to play hockey and then uh, i heard that they were trying to push for uh the nagano olympics there and uh try to find some 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 players like myself uh, that maybe grew up in Sweden or some of them grew up in Canada or the US and and uh, we all got together there uh, 94 uh, to play in the league the local league and uh, and uh, uh, with the national team for we had to be there for four years before the Olympics. That's a to big to play. That's yeah. a big commitment. Yes, it was for sure. Okay, well, describe your experience if you could. I mean. First of all, you're, are you playing, I mean, you're, you're playing major junior, you're playing with the junior national team. Then you go to Japan. What level at that time were, was the play at? Uh, I was quite surprised uh, early when I came over, I was still young. I was 20 years old and uh, uh, it was a fully professional league. It was only six teams, but uh, very professionally run. Uh, they were owned by uh, uh, companies, big Japanese companies that uh, actually put quite some money into to the hockey teams. Uh, and uh, there was two imports on each team uh, and then players like myself. So usually all the teams had five or six players that grew up uh, overseas and uh, uh, some really good Japanese players on top of that. So it was a pretty good level, actually. I was surprised. Hmm. So by the time you get to 1998, obviously you're, you know, at a high enough level, you make the national team, you, you play, what, what was the aspiration of that team? Cause obviously, you know, you're coming in there powerhouses in, in Canada and the U S and Sweden and other countries you've mentioned, what, yeah. what was the hope for, for the Japanese team? Yeah. So we, we actually spent the whole uh, year traveling around. We went to Canada, Europe, uh, just to play as uh, many quality games as we could uh, leading up to the Olympics. And uh, I remember we uh, sat down before the Olympics and we said uh, our, our objective and our goal is going to be to to not finish uh, last in the tournament because then uh, everybody going to say we, we were only there because we're the host uh, country, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that was basically our, our plan and our, our goal. Okay, and you did not, thanks no, to... No, we did not. We actually <laughs> we, we managed to to tie Belarus uh, in the round robin there. And then uh, uh, in the in the final game, we played uh, Austria for uh, avoiding the, the last spot in the Olympics. And uh, we, we managed to beat them in, uh, in the shootouts in that game. So it was an exciting time and uh, uh, packed, packed arena there in Nagano and... Uh, and uh, being able to win there for the for the fans in Japan, it was uh, 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 amazing feeling for for the whole team. I think. And of course, you say we because you're you're a hockey player, and that's what hockey people do. But you actually scored the overtime shootout winner, isn't that true? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's also true that I, I I got two opportunities. I missed my first shot, and um, I got to thank the coaches. It was. Uh, uh, they they gave me another opportunity to to redeem myself and it turned out to be the the game winner so so happy about that had you always felt very connected to your japanese heritage 
Uh, yes, I have because uh, we used to go there. I have a younger sister too, and we used to go there, uh, if not every year, every other year in the summertime to visit uh, relatives. And uh, and uh, I think also uh, my mother, uh, she spoke Japanese uh, to me and my sister in the house and made uh, some Japanese uh, food for us and that. So uh, I've always felt uh, pretty close to, to the Japanese uh, culture, I think. So you kept on playing. Did you, did you stay in Japan for a little bit after that? I did. I, I stayed a total of uh, 10, 10 years, actually, in, uh, wow. in Japan. Eight years in Tokyo and uh, two years uh, up north. How do you think the Olympics um, helped help grow the game there? Uh, I think at the time uh, around the Olympics, it was quite a buzz uh, around hockey. Uh but honestly, I, I would have hoped that, that uh, it could have grown some more out of it. Uh, it just, I think it just shows that it's really hard in some parts of the world where uh, the hockey culture isn't that uh, big and uh, uh, you don't have a lot of uh, rinks or arenas you know, for, for hockey. So it's, uh, it's difficult, difficult to, to grow the game, I think. But uh, there was a there was a bus there for a few years uh, mm-hmm. around the Olympics, and the women's team, I mean, shows up in international competition regularly too. Yes, so yeah, yeah, it's always fun to to watch in the Olympics or the World Championships when they play and they uh, they uh, are able to to compete with the best of the women's uh, teams there. So I think the women's uh, side of uh, hockey over there uh, they they made uh, big strides mm-hmm. for sure. So yeah. what led you to management? Is that something that you felt like you had an aptitude for that you wanted to to do with all of your hockey knowledge? Uh, not uh, initially, I think. I think I was in the hockey bubble like all players are as long as I played. And mm-hmm. I was uh, honestly, I was pretty tired of uh, the game when I retired. And I probably told myself a couple of times that uh, enough is enough of hockey, but uh I think I stayed away for uh, half a year or something, and then I was back uh, back in it. And uh, another uh, half a year after that, I uh, got the opportunity to to start uh, scouting. I had some some friends that uh, already were in scouting, and uh, I knew a little bit about it. So I'm uh, I'm very very thankful for that, and uh, uh, I've enjoyed every minute of uh, of that part of the hockey world for sure. You've been with the Sharks for, I know you started in the NHL with Atlanta, but you've been with the Sharks since 2008. That's a, so a long haul. Um, what, what drives you to remain and continue to see this organization through I mean, ups and, and downs? Yeah, I, first of all, I, I can't believe it's been uh, close to 15 years already. It, it's just uh, blown by, honestly. Uh, and just uh, working with so many great people from day one, uh, Doug Wilson and Tim Burke, uh, Joe Will that uh, took me in there, uh, 2008, uh, working with those, with them for for such a long time, uh, and the team was very successful those years too, and uh, it, it just went by really quickly, and then unfortunately the last. Uh, Three four years we've had a tougher time, but uh, the way I look at it is, uh, I'm just thankful to be able to be part of it uh, uh, as we're trying to rebuild uh, this thing again, and uh, it's exciting for for me. And I think uh, the important 
importance of our job is maybe even bigger now that uh, we really need to 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 find uh, new new players and become a strong uh, club again. It's been a year with Greer <laughs> to uh, to cop a silly rhyme, but um, yep. you know you've gone through one draft with him and now now another. Um, what's what's he like to work with, and what would you say his qualities are as a GM? Yes, I think obviously when he came in, uh, it was uh, under very difficult circumstances when our good friend uh, Brian Marchman passed away there, and uh, I was really impressed uh, the way he uh, was able to to handle uh, everything uh, last year at the draft. Uh, it couldn't have been easy for him uh, with everything that was going on, and uh, uh, that says a lot about him. I think what a class uh, class person he is and uh, uh over the year here uh, been able to spend some some time with him and the rest of the group and uh, uh I really like it enjoyed it and uh, I think uh, there's a lot of new energy in the organization mm-hmm. for sure I know everybody's really interested and curious to see what what happens at the draft and um you know how these puzzle pieces are gonna start fitting together. Yeah. I'm wondering for you, I mean, again, you're a hockey person. You probably don't like to take too much responsibility uh, alone for anything. Um, but do you have some feathers in your cap in terms of players that you identified early on that, that you now see excelling? Uh, I think uh, uh, early on, it was, uh, we were such a, such a good team that we were in the playoffs uh, almost every year and competing for you know uh, the cup uh, year in and year out, and we we weren't uh, uh, fortunate enough to have uh, that many like early draft picks, especially. And uh, a lot of times uh, we we were pushing for it and maybe made some trades and traded away some picks too. And uh, now that's different. I think we we have a lot of picks this year, and we did last year too. So it's a it's a different time now, but. Uh, uh, I don't know if I I don't want to take any credit myself for any players uh, as an organization I think we were good at uh, at uh, finding players like Hurdle and uh, and uh, obviously over there they were uh, very good at finding uh, players late in the draft like Pavelski and uh, and uh, Justin Braun and those type of players uh, but I also think we did a great job with uh, free agents for a lot of those years when we didn't have that many draft picks we uh, we're able to find uh, uh, really good players from uh, from Europe and uh, and uh, from North America that uh, fit in with uh, uh, a good club like we were. Uh, so that's something I, I've taken pride in for sure uh, early on. And and now we're going to find some good uh, draft players. That is the hope for sure. And I'm wondering, you know, this is such a ramp up now to to the draft. Um, do you have some time to, to relax before things start up again? Yes, I think so. I uh, uh, it's it's nice when you you're at home. You don't uh, you, you're forced to relax a little bit or take your mind off of hockey a little bit because uh, I have a family here with uh, two two young boys. They're thirteen and fifteen, and they keep me busy. So so it takes your mind off of your work for a little bit and. On Sunday, I'm leaving to to go over for the combines again and uh, uh, full preparation for the for the draft there. Well, have fun in Buffalo. Uh, 
have some wings because you have to. That's the law. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when you go to Buffalo, uh, yeah. enjoy the combine and the draft. And thanks for taking the time. I, I know this is a, is a really busy period. So, and please say hi if you're in San Jose. I will do. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks to Shin for taking the time to chat with me from his home in Sweden. And thank you for listening. And guess what? We will be back next week with another episode of The Undercurrent, I promise. In the meantime, enjoy some great hockey, I hope. And keep your fins above water, people. Talk to you soon.